Did you know that the Gospels actually record Peter cursing and swearing? So we ask ourselves, does that mean Christians can cuss today? My name is Blake Huffine, and I'm the pastor here at the Movement Church. Welcome to our podcast. Hope this message inspires you. Hope it grows you closer to Jesus Christ. So let's jump right in and receive the message. Welcome to the Movement Church. In this video, we're talking about cursing and swearing for Christians. Is it allowed? And, and Peter cursed in the scripture. He used swear words. So does that excuse the Christians today? Let's talk about it. Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 72 is where we're going to start. And now many of you may know the story of, of Peter denying Jesus three times. Jesus even prophesied that Peter would do this on as uh, Jesus was being arrested. He said that you would deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. So let's read this account and see what happens. This is what it says. As Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You were with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you're talking about. And he went out onto the porch. The servant girl saw him and began once more to say to the bystanders, this is one of them. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders were again saying to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you're a Galilean too. But he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him, before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began to weep. So we see in this situation that this is, Peter is the rock of the church, right? This is Peter. He's the one that Jesus said would lay the foundation on, right? That, that you would be the foundation of the church. You're, you're the rock. You're Peter. This is like, this is the one. This is, he is like one of the most famous disciples. And yet we see here that he cursed. So does that mean that we as Christians can use swear words? Well, we need to first see what the rest of the Bible says about cursing, about swear words. So I'm going to go to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. And we're going to read uh, verses 29 through 32. And then we're going to read chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. So just a few verses here. And luckily for me, they're on the same page. Uh, but this is what it says for verse 29. It says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Mm, this isn't what we just read. Hold on a minute. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, silly talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So we see here that, that Paul is saying, do not let any unwholesome word, and another translation says corrupt communication, actually. So let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth. Don't let any filthiness and silly talk come from your mouth, but rather giving of thanks proceed from your mouth. 
So we're going to go to the famous section that talks about the tongue, that talks about the words, which is James chapter 3. And I, and I just want to read this for you. This is what it says. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as much we will incur a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are great and are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. The tongue is set on fire by hell, it says, for every species of beasts and birds and of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or, wine, or vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh water. So our tongues, we use them. We use our mouth to lay hands, to pray, to, 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 uh, to have compassion on others, to, to uh, comfort others, right? We use our tongue to praise God, to sing and shout blessing and glory and honor to the Lord. And in the same way, our tongue spits curses and swear words and negativity and gossip and jealous words. James says these things ought not to be this way, my brethren. So we go back to when Peter cursed. When we go back to Mark, when we go back to the account, it says that he began once more to curse and swear. He began to curse and swear. I do not know this man. So in this situation, we need to evaluate what state was Peter in. Was he in a state in the same situation of blessing and shouting praise to God? No, he was denying the Lord Jesus. So in no way can we use Peter's situation in this moment, can we use Peter as an example for the way we are to live our life because in this moment, Peter was denying Christ in the time that he was swearing and cursing. Now, obviously, there's forgiveness. The Lord Jesus forgave him. If you read later on after the resurrection, he said, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep right? So we know that, that Peter was forgiven, but Peter also hadn't been for, filled with the Holy Spirit either yet. But that's another note. That's another thing we'll talk about. But we are filled with the Spirit of God. We are led by God's Spirit. And so if we are speaking glory and, and blessing and compassion and, and, and great things and prayer and praise to God, if we're doing all of these things we should not have room in our mouth and in our tongue for these foul, filthy 
words. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, Blake, you don't understand that this is a culture change, right? That these words are being adapted, and, and, and they're just part of the regular language now. Well, I'm telling you right now, the mass majority know that these words are still considered swear words. And I don't even have to say any. You know the ones I'm talking about. I didn't have to say, I don't have to say one to know what category of words we're talking about. And by that, you know they are still swear words. And there's still a majority of audience, there's still a majority of people in this nation, in this world, that know that those are filth words, that are offended by them. And by, even for myself, I've noticed that if you're in a conversation with someone and you don't swear, it's more strange that you don't swear than it is that if if you do swear, and that's how they know that you're not of this king, uh, that you're not of this world, that you're of a different kingdom, that you belong to him. So we, when we see what the word says about swearing, and then we see we see what the culture is being different. So the Bible is fairly clear on using words. And not only those words, but that kind of communication should not dwell among us for those who are following Christ. Our words should be uh, of joy and of positivity and speaking life and light into those around us, both believers and unbelievers. That's what should be fit. That should be a theme among us as believers is that we are speaking positively, that we stand out as the, as the ones who follow Christ. Just as in the scripture, we read how the disciples, they stood out. They were different. We are called to be different. We are called to be a different breed because we are from a kingdom that is still coming, right? That, that there's a kingdom that has rested, but there's also, but it's also coming. And we are from that kingdom. We are citizens of heaven. So we live in accordance with the ways of heaven, not the ways of the world. And so that looks like that looks like us living a different life, that us standing out as followers of Jesus.